And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Infinity. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another edition of the We Are Mead podcast. It's Mickey Rennan here and as always joined by Kieran Flynn, the Mead County Board PRO, David Rispin from the Rispin blog and uh, Brian Kelly from the Minor County Board, the Secretary of the Minor County Board. Lads, thanks a million for calling in. Um, fair play to you as you know with uh, Storm Dennis. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's not easy to get around at the moment. Davy Rispin, you probably had the hardest journey coming from Cortown. A lot of back roads, a lot of wobbly trees around that area as well. Yeah, it was. It wasn't great. It was actually uh, yesterday on the way to Trim. It was more treacherous at that time, about one o'clock yesterday afternoon, and had to go the bog road, obviously, to Trim. And then, you know, the back road, say, through Dundry and that, and it was, <laughs> it was treacherous, to say the least. And it was, at the, it was really going into the eye of the storm, and, you know, it was kind of keeping more of an eye on the trees than it was the road <laughs> to try and just ma- navigate my way there but we got there thanks that's the there. smallest violin to have in the in the world playing for <laughs> yeah. you at the moment when you consider that Brian Kelly and Kieran Flynn had to travel to Enniscorty uh, Kieran Flynn you know the travel down to Enniscorty I, I doubt that was too easy when, when there was a, a red weather warning I think in, in Wexford yesterday the wind was blowing sideways well, only, it only got to orange it's not quite red but orange is fairly bad <laughs> It was fairly bad. I pulled in for petrol in Gorey and I got absolutely drenched. So I was already wet before I got to Enniscorthy. And you could see from Tom O'Connor's uh, video, it was fairly treacherous down there on, on the main social media. But well, we got the game played and we won and we'll be talking all about that. We will indeed. We'll be talking about that later on. And uh, just on Tom O'Connor's tweet, in fairness, a bit of a snowflake. There's a few puddles. <laughs> Few puddles and on the walkway. That's the dubs for you, Mickey. I'm telling you, they're little snowflakes. They want to they want to carpet the whole time. Brian Kelly, you were down there as well. Looks like Storm Dennis got a hold of your hair. I did, yeah. (laughs) 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 He got Brian Kelly is sporting a new haircut this week, or else or else it was Storm Dennis blew the head off you, didn't it? Storm Dennis blew the head off me, yeah. Uh, it might have been an orange weather warning in Wexford, but for the Wexford defence, it was a bit of a red weather warning. Well, oh, absolutely, and uh, we'll come back to that immediate attack. In fairness to Ennis Garty, the pitch was in fantastic condition considering the weather. It was, and, and that's what I was saying about uh, Tom O'Connor's flaky, flaky tweet about a little bit of water and on the pathway going around the pitch, but the pitch looked class. And for a fellow who seems to attend more rugby matches than football matches these days, he's used to bad pitches. Oh, another thing. God, Tom O'Connor, we're only, let me just see, we're three minutes and a half into the into the podcast and three of us have already given you takes. And we were only talking about asking them to do a favour for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was just going to say, I thought the, the Kells lads just like Brian, Brian will probably run into Tom next weekend in Clarny and he'll take the head of him. <laughs> 
Come here, Brian Kelly, you're doing yourself no favour. North Mead or in South Mead by the looks of things. You've got East and West to go and you'll have the whole county covered. West might have been sorted in a different way, yes. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to move on into the podcast now. And on this week's podcast, we're going to be looking back at the cup competitions from the weekend, the games that did get played around Mead. Uh, we'll be having a look at the ladies' uh, minor team that were out in uh, their Group game against Dublin on Friday. The Mead Hurlers were out on uh, Saturday and that game was played in Trim and our new hurling uh, correspondent, Davey Rispin, was at that one for us. The Mead under-20s obviously were on, on uh, show in uh, Enniscorty and uh, Brian and Kieran were at that game. Mead Ladies, Division 1 uh, final from 2019, that is the club competition, uh, was played and that doubled up as the 2020 Round 1 League game as well. And then we'll be going to the Instagram interactive with Davy Rispin, as we always do now at this stage. So I'm going to go to uh, Kieran Flynn. And Kieran Flynn, the cup competitions were played, some of them were played on the weekend. And I suppose the Cornabonia, looking down at Ballinlock and Ballinabracky, that was called off again. And the Castleton Sidden game was called off. Ballinlock and Ballinabracky, we called it last week that the semi final was going to see Blackhall Gales or Waterstown play St Michael's. But uh, in fact, in Blackhall Gales' group, Ballinlock and Ballinabracky still had a group game to play. So the winner of that game could have um, uh, passed out Blackhall Gales. So we, we kind of had the semi-final pairings wrong, but in the end, Ballinlock and Ballinabracky didn't go ahead. No, and it seems we're still just waiting to get official confirmation that it looks like Ballinlock might have conceded it. So Ballinabracky will get the two points and finish on top and take Blackhall's spot in the semi but we're still just waiting for official confirmation, so we can only work on what we have. But I can confirm that. He can, he can confirm it, good stuff. And in the Cups, uh, semi-finals were played in the other two grades, in the Fesh Cup and in the Tolshin Cup. So in our Fesh Cup semi-finals, uh, the game originally fixed for a toth, which saw a toth v Wolf Tones, ended up in Ballygib in Algaeltocht in their new pitch. And the, the new home side, Wolf Tones, saw, saw it out as 2-8 to 6-point victors. And in the other semi-final... We were heading north as well. We headed to Grange Garden. Gail Cullum Kill bet Navin Matinee's one ten to four points, and then Tolshin Cup results. We had St Vincent's eleven points to Belivers one six, and the Carneros beats a Bridges Ballinacree ten points to five. Yeah, we'll just take it back to the Fesh Cup and Davy Rispin looking down at that. Um, you know, no surprise that Kells bet Navin Matinee's. We kind of would have expected that one, but I, I do believe that Storm Dennis had a part to play in that. That uh, you know the, the the wind played havoc with that game. Gail Column Kill coming away with the victory, one ten to four points. But the other semi final, a bit of a surprise in 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 the the, the scoreline in that Wolf Tones hammered Rathout two eight to six points, an eight point win there for. Uh, Wolf Tones and they've set out their stall early this year mm, they absolutely have and look I suppose it's it's probably not a major shock at the time of the year right on paper you might say uh, Wolf Tones beating Rattop by that margin is a shock and if that's the case in September or October you know we will be in for a big shock but you have to remember the amount of county players that Rattop have occupied between the 20s and indeed the, the seniors and I'd say probably offhand there's probably 8 or 9 involved you know yeah. so with that in mind, and the tones wouldn't be as affected, um, you know, as we're told, and, you know, we played Wolf Tone second team there a couple of weeks ago, extremely strong. They're going to be going into the B League, obviously, their second team this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the players that they possess, they have such a strong panel now, and they've obviously had a new kick out the manager as well, which has helped. So, 
I don't think it, it is a major surprise, to be honest with you, on recent form. I'd, I'd say it's probably justified. Oh, right. Well, no kidding. Well, he's <laughs> just knocked that one out of the park, so he has. I thought it was a shock result. Um, uh, Brian Kelly? And to be fair, um, to Wolf Tones beat our Toad in the number 21 final a couple of years ago. So there was a good crop of lads coming through there in the Tones. And well, last year didn't go well for them with a new manager in. It often gives you a bounce. Yeah. And the only player that'd really be missing with county activity is Thomas O'Reilly. Mm. have nobody with the 20s so they would have a fair in comparison to told they would have more or less a full strength team out barring yeah. injuries at the minute and another thing there in that match was it was meant to be played in Rathout it got moved to Gibbstown and on that fantastic new pitch they have in Gibbstown I'm sure they were wanting to put on a good show for the supporters well uh, what that all means anyway is that Wolf Tones are going to be taking on Kells in the Fresh Cup final and that will be a humdinger if ever there was one uh, local derby there and uh, uh, whenever that game is fixed we'll bring the fixture to you um, we'll just go to Kieran Flynn yeah it's on the fixture planner it's down for midweek I'm not sure where, it's two or three weeks away but it's, week, yeah, yeah. yeah it's midweek so it'll probably be Dungany I'd imagine or Ashburn I doubt they'll bring it up to Ashburn so probably will be Dungany uh, there's no confirmed yeah. data written yet but I'd say Chances are, I'm feeling that they might try and hold off and play it in Park Tolchin at some stage. It's the Fesh Cup final, and I'd say if they can get into Park Tolchin, they will. Yeah, well, just uh, stay tuned to our... Uh, it's good to see the fixture plan being kept uh, so early in the year, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the fixture plan we were given at the start of the year really is... Uh, holding, three weeks ago. <laughs> it's really holding, uh, holding no... Holding no weight at the moment, and we're only three weeks into the year. But uh, let's hope they do stick to the fixture planner, and it goes ahead in two weeks' time in midweek um, on the Wednesday night. And as you said, maybe Dungani or uh, even Simonstown um, with the floodlights or whatever, something like that. It'd be great. But that's going to be a humdinger. Wolf Tones, who will nearly be at full strength, only missing Thomas O'Reilly and Kells will be at full strength. They've got nobody involved in the um, well. They've a couple involved with the under twenties, yeah. so they do. But they've nobody involved with the county senior, did they? No, they don't. Just on that point though and it's something we always talk about usually in early in the league and in the Cups is that Kells are so strong but and yeah, you, and you right, may think yeah. from looking at that scoreline that they probably had yeah, the full missing hand eight or nine, weren't they? they were off hand I have them here in front of me from a reliable source they were missing Kuda Tormey Kudger um, Barry Smith full back Martin Barrett Bino who else you know uh, Quigley Keg, Conal Courtney who's with the 20s and Fionn Riley who's in Italy so, so they were missing Bino that's, the Bino, that's why yeah. they only scored 110. <laughs> yeah, he, so he normally scores that in his own. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So you could have doubled that score if Bino was there. Isn't that right, Brian Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> but, but in fairness, I think in his absence, Danny McGovern chipped in with five points. Um, Cormac Matamo, brother of Seamus, has got a rare start and chipped in with a goal yeah. as well. He's a, he's a player I like, so he is. I said it last year. He's somebody that I'd like to see yeah. pushing on a little bit. I think that he may possess... You know what's needed if he just pushes himself a little further. Yeah, so like lads like that got opportunities just looking through. Keith Riley, one of the veterans who had semi-retired probably last year and played with the second team, he was back playing first team, probably just you know filling in for the lads that weren't there. But very emphatic win, all all things considered, for Kells and Avlo Manny's would be disappointed with that. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and we wish Kells and Wolf Tones all the best in that grudge match, Fesh Cup final, it'll be a fantastic humdinger, as we said already. We're going to move on to the Tolchin Cup semi-finals and look back over them. St Vincent's with a two-point victory over Beliver, and uh, St Bridget's and Karen Ross. Karen Ross coming out, double-score winners here, 10 points to five, and Kieran Flynn, you might have a few uh, lines for us on uh, the Karen Ross-St Bridget's game. Absolutely, as you can imagine, a game played this weekend, the weather conditions were, were playing havoc. So reasonably low scoring, but the 10 points Ken Ross got, uh, the majority come in Frank O'Reilly got four of them, three from freeze. 
And then the score was spread out with Luke Gillick, Dylan Fox, Shane O'Reilly, Shane Cassidy and Paddy McDermott getting two. But it seemed to be kind of a, a game, as I said, marred by weather conditions. But a lot of play was run through the hands. The likes of Luke Gillick, Keane McLean were in the middle of the field. It was kind of stuff. It was kind of over and back kind of style of football, moving it through the hands. Uh, Shane McNiff, the goalkeeper, who's peer off the club, uh, helped me out with some of these details. So credit to, to Shane. But it just seems that the likes of Paddy McDermott, who's involved with the under-20s, he came up the road back to play with them yesterday with Karen Ross. And he was brilliant. Dylan Fox, I said, got the crucial score near the end which pretty much ended as a contest. But from what I gathered from talking to people at the game, it seemed that the Bridgets just didn't have much scoring threat. That was the real issue. It was kind of even enough for most of the game. But the fact that Frank O'Reilly, like we talked about so many times, scoring, when you, once you have a, a good des- designated scorer at that level, you will do well at junior level. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, at any level, it's it's imperative to have uh, an out-and-out scorer, but to have one in junior level uh, and the quality of um of Riley um is is is, is second to none like you know you, you when you've got someone like that in your in your artillery and just one other thing I think now that now the Vince are playing Carlos that's a repeat of the 2018 Tajik Cup final and it's also a repeat of the semi final of 2018 as well yeah. isn't as well so mm. they had some great battles that day and the Vincents edged them both or edged them in the the championship in a great game in Partholton so. If you're going to that game, it's going to be probably going to be a good one now. So keep yeah, tuned. Absolutely, um, uh, great stuff. And uh, you know, if you can get out to these semi-finals, if the fixture planner is the way it's supposed to be, and these games are played midweek, it'd be great uh, to get out and support them. Interestingly enough, we we spoke about this last week that we were wondering what whether the semi-finals would be uh, neutral venues venues or how it worked. It worked that uh, Team A had home advantage team C had home advantage in both um, uh, and in all semi-finals although Cornelbonia semi-finals weren't played and that was something that we you know we didn't think was going to happen Davey yeah I think at this stage it was just finding a venue that you know be able to hold the fixture but in fairness and I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago the pitch in Ballina Cree we were down there about three or four weeks ago top class I think they, they got a bit of work done on it last year but it's literally in a hole completely down off the road and the, the clubhouse is at a big drop yeah. And you'd think it's it's a nightmare for drainage and that. But I have to say the, the job they've done with it is absolutely unbelievable. Um, and for all the rain and that that we've had in the last week or two to, to hold it was brilliant. Uh, just going back to the game, you mentioned, you touched on the forwards and the difference between, between the sides. Bridget's rely heavily on Joe Blake for scores. And, you know, that's kind of reflected in the fact that they've only managed five points. Whereas Karen Ross with Frank and with Paddy McDermott back in yeah. the under-20s, they contributed six points between them more than Bridget's managed as a whole. They had a trump card in Alan Moore sitting on the bench. I'm surprised they didn't kind of bring him on. You know, he's a he's a man with serious potential and class. Um, so disappointed in George Plunkett there in the Bridges not bringing him on. But uh, <laughs> maybe, he's, maybe he's keeping his powder dry for league and championship. Absolutely, he's keeping his cards close to his chest. It was only a, a Talton Cup game maybe and that's what he that's was doing. That's another pub, Dave. This one's barred out of now. <laughs> <laughs> like barred out of that one now. Forget about it. <laughs> I go to Africa. <laughs> anyway, we're going to move on, lads, and we're going to move on to Friday night, and it was the Leinster Minor uh, uh, Minor Championship, and it was a group stage game. There's three teams in the Minor A um, group, and it's Mead, uh, Dublin, and Kildare, and it was Mead and Dublin that were playing here on Friday night. Uh, in Dungani on the 3G pitch and Mead uh, losing out here by a single point. 
they came back and rallied really well, got back to a drawn game. They even scored a goal that was disallowed and Tom O'Connor put it up on Twitter that he had no idea why the goal was disallowed in the closing stages before they got the goal to draw level. And But it was Dublin who scored the, the winning point deep into the uh, injury time. Emma Duggan scored 2-9 on the day, I believe, at Davy Rispin. Um, but it looks like she may have come away from an injury with an injury from that game as well. That we we need to find out before we say what it is, what it actually is. <laughs> it's a funny one because uh, I I spoke to Fergal Lynch, who's obviously manager of the team, uh, after the hurling game yesterday when we were waiting for Nick Weir to emerge from the dressing rooms. Incidentally, got it. You know, the, the always questions about lads in the shower, how long they are. Nick Weir must like a long shower because he was in there for about half an hour. But go back to the point, I suppose, about the beat ladies and that. I had a quick chat with Fergal about the game. And, you know, going back to the goal that you've mentioned there about Tom's tweeting, uh, Fergal said that at the time she scored the goal and the referee disallowed it, but he proceeded to go into his umpires to consult them. And both umpires apparently said that the goal was fine. But the referee had the authority to overrule them and says, no, I, I think she was in the D when she collected the ball. So despite going in and consulting his umpires and they were happy with the goal, he overruled them and disallowed the goal, which is really bizarre. Where was the referee from? Uh, I don't know. Brian might know. <laughs> referee was Paul Burke from the Glen Emmett's Club in Loud. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, but, but enough said. <laughs> just, on, just on the injury then, another kind of subplot. So Fergal was saying it looked bad. It looked like it potential broken arm but Dumbine actually ended up winning the league today and Brian and myself were just scrolling through Instagram and there's a picture of Dumbine receiving the cup and there's um, Emma Duggan in the background after playing so so, <laughs> so she must that, be okay that quenches that rumour <laughs> yeah, hopefully yeah, yeah. and uh, and hopefully the injury wasn't as bad yeah. as as first team but um, that leaves them in a kind of a, a, a a predicament that uh, Brian Kelly that uh, th- there's three in the group and it's top two go into a final you were explaining to me so they have to beat Kildare to play Dublin in the Leinster final yeah I actually was driving home from Trim on Friday night and I seen a game on Dungani and I pulled in and just as I pulled up Emma Duggan's goal was in the process of being disallowed and I, <laughs> I met Fergal Harney the ladies county board chairman and he said, I asked him what was the story and he said we're a couple of points behind that goal would have brought us level and Next thing, a minute later, she scored a. She went in a run, brought the ball about sixty yards. Foul that she kicked a score, an effort for a free or for a point. Uh, blasted the free down to the back of the net, draw match. <laughs> and you thought, geez, I could have come in at the right time here, but no, Dublin went up and got the winner. But I asked him how many teams were in the championship or who were to play next, or was it straight knockout? Because I wasn't sure. Yeah. And he said, I group groups group a uh, stage. And I said, right, how many teams are in it? Three. In the Leinster A Championship, there's three teams. There's Mead, Kildare and Dublin. So now that Mead lost it, right, they have to go and beat Kildare to have any hope of reaching the final because if Kildare beat Dublin, it could all come down to score difference. Yeah, yeah. So um, and at under-16 level two years ago, Kildare beat Mead and actually held Emma Duggan really well that day. She got very few scores. So I'm sure if Emma's fit the next day, she'll have a point to prove against Kildare. Yeah, absolutely. And we do wish the uh, ladies minor team all the very best. And of course... Our friend over there in the Mead Chronicle, Fergal Lynch, is the manager of that minor team. And we wish him and uh, the minor ladies the very, very best in their game against Kildare. We don't have a fixture for that yet, do we, Brian? No, but um, I might maybe get it by the end of the podcast. Cool, absolutely. That'd be brilliant if you could. Um, if you have a look up for that and we'll see what we can do. Um, again, an outstanding display by Emma Duggan scoring 2-9 out of Meads 2-10. Um, she is a quality footballer. That's not taken away from anybody else 
on that minor team because uh, there's a huge work going in there. But just Emma Duggan is a special, special player. Um, and, you know, her, her exploits last year for the Mead senior team and for the Mead minor team just shows you, you know, another year. This is her, is this her last year minor, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You've been 15 years. She's, 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 she's the uh, ladies equivalent to uh, to Clifford, so she is at this stage. I thought was Devon Wilder. <laughs> no, 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 to Clifford, to Kerry's Clifford. Um, uh, moving on, anyway, from the ladies, we're going to go now to the men, and uh, we're going to go to the Mead Hurling team, and they took on Kerry in Trim on the weekend, and uh, a game that you know Mead would have probably earmarked as a game that they needed to get maximum points out of. Played against a stiff breeze in the, or played with a stiff breeze in the first half, and uh, you know didn't capitalize on it. Stuck with Kerry for large portions of the game, but Kerry finished stronger and ended up winning this one by thirteen points to eight. And our uh, hurling correspondent, our hurling expert, our very enthusiastic hurling man, Davy Rispin, was in trim for us. And uh, Davy, fill us in blow by blow. Yeah, hard to be enthusiastic after there wasn't a classic. In, in fairness, and uh, you know the day dictated to that. I mean, the the warmer pitch you'll be well aware in trim. The two pitches at the back is obviously where you warm up prior yeah. to the game and then going out onto the main pitch. And the lads came out for the game and they were covered head to toe muck. The muck and shite in the back two pitches was unreal. But I suppose the credit to Trim for the facility that the game actually went ahead because it was really torrential there towards the start of the game, but all through the game, I suppose. Um, yeah, playing with the breeze, with the aid of the breeze in the first half and uh, you know, it was frustrating because it's, it seems like Mead were kind of lost in two minds and didn't exactly know what way they were approaching it. There was a lot of encouragement from the, the vocal support there to drive the ball in long, but Mead were seemingly hell-bent on playing a short kind of tactical build-up play instead of actually launching the ball route one into the full forward line, which perhaps in hindsight might have been the, the better option. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they didn't do that and Kerry went into a three or four-point lead before Mead actually registered a score and they did recover somewhat to get to get in five all at the break, you know, a couple of frees from Padjo Hanra and Jack Regan um, as well contributed. But there was a lot of missed opportunities and a couple of half goal chances as well. And you did feel that with this significant breeze, which was blowing into the town end, that, you know, five all at half time really wasn't going to be enough. And in fairness to Kerry, at the start of the second half, they really came out with intent and they took the ball by the horns, but they, they got that purple patch and, you know, scored three, four, five points without reply. And that was the key... I suppose, moments in the match and Mead, Mead, in fairness, recovered and, you know, kept at it and they chipped in with two or three points of their own, but they could never reel Kerry back in and just create a clear-cut goal chance. The conditions were absolutely atrocious. So, you know, I really can't stress that enough. And even the pitch in... So what Nick Weir will hear from him in a couple of minutes, but... Well, we'll hear from him on the Patreon podcast. Um, um, is right. Yeah. But, but, you know, he made some interesting comments about the pitch and he says, you know, in Dungani where the train... There's obviously a bounce in the pitch and trim yesterday the way the you know the pitch was there wasn't yeah um, there was a couple of great performances in fairness Shawnee Garrity the captain I thought full back was very good Simon Ennis um, corner back good as well Mickey Burke who was in a new position there in midfield he battled extremely hard and I thought he had a great game um, up front it was a very difficult day for forwards but uh, Mikey Mullen coming on there from Killine uh, he came on for the last 10-15 minutes he had a real positive impact and you know just one of the young players that's coming through in this Mead uh, hurling team yeah just a disappointing day for Nick Weir and the Mead hurlers so, as we said 
the Kerry game and the Mayo game would have been the next couple of games that they would have had earmarked um, in that division and uh, unfortunately just losing out to Kerry by five points. We will go into further in-depth analysis of that game with Davy and with Kieran Flynn, our small ball expert on our Patreon podcast and you'll be able to hear from Nick Weir, uh, the Mead manager as well. Moving on then to the Mead under-20s. They were out in Enniscorty on Saturday as well and uh, they came away with a victory, one goal and 12 to one goal and five. Brian and Kieran were at this game. Again, we'll be going into in-depth analysis of this on our Patreon podcast but uh, we'll go to Kieran just to get a few words in this game. Kieran, I suppose um, Mead played against a really stiff breeze in the first half um, weathered the storm and then came out in the second half and with a workman-like performance got over the line comfortably in the end Yeah, initially you, you could be forgiven for being worried and concerned we didn't start very well and Wexford kind of came at us with everything they had and we conceded a goal early on kind of from poor poor passing and we were kind of but at the, in fairness everyone involved though nobody got overly worried who was actually playing or managing the team like supporters are always going to to be fickle and move with the game but in fairness they just went at it and then when the conditions changed in the second half the mid team were much better they they had some frustrating moments especially against the wind but ultimately they were the better side and they worked through it and then they were convincing and and easy winners is probably a harsh one because Wexford did stay with them the whole way yeah. but they did the, the, the premier players for us stepped up and that was the difference really yeah, and uh, Brian Kelly, I suppose, like you know, the uh, it was it was always going to be a difficult one, um, and uh, you know the fact that Wexford had already played a game in the championship, and this was Mead's first outing in the championship. But then you throw in the weather, and the weather can become uh, uh, it can even things out a little bit, and the softer pitch and whatever can even things out a bit. But as we said, you know, uh, Mead they didn't panic. The goal went in early in that first half, and uh, they came out into the second half. Luke Mitchell comes onto the field as well and scores two points, you know, and and you know it's great that you know there's such great um, uh, depth to that panel. Yeah, and another player who came on and did really well was Matt Miles. He came on at half time and had a really good second half. Yeah. Not a flashy player, but does the same things right and allows the flashier players the license to maybe strut their stuff. Um, yeah, look, a really good performance. First half they're playing into the teeth of a really strong win. And the forward line was maybe a little bit disjointed, but then three of the lads were playing the first game of the year with the twenties, having dropped back from the senior team. Yeah. So it does take you a little while to get back used to the runs that different lads make. But the longer the game wore on, the more comfortable everybody seemed to be to be with each other's play. They linked up really well. Um, some fantastic moves in the team. There was one ball in particular in the first half from Shane Walsh into the teeth of the breeze. He just carved it with the wind, perfect, perfectly down the line. Fantastic ball, I think it was into the path of Aaron Lynch, who made a great run. And it just shows that the more football these lads play together, the great, we have a great chance of going on a run with this team. Dublin next week is going to be a really tough task in Parnell Park. Very rare does a mid team actually beat Dublin in Parnell. But these lads have beaten Dublin at under-17 three years ago, again the next year at under-17 again. The developmental league this year as well. Yeah, so <laughs> they, they have a history of beating Dublin, which it's not... It's a long time since me teams have had that and you'd be hoping that they can continue on that path next weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And and and, and something else that I want to go to Davy Risman just on that under twenties again. When we when we got the team on Thursday night and we sent out our podcast, um 
uh, Shane Ryan was in and James O'Hare was on the bench and we did say James O'Hare was unlucky to miss out. Mm-hmm. Turns out Shane Ryan picked up an injury Sean, yeah. or Sean Ryan yeah. picked up an injury and um, James O'Hare came in and had a fantastic game. So just again, it shows you the strength and depth not only in the forward line, mm. but in the defence as well. Yeah, I think everyone in County Mead knows that uh, James O'Hare is a you know a top class operator, and he's more than capable of coming in. And we'll hear we'll hear later on Jerry's reasoning for initially picking Shane Ryan and not James O'Hare. Sean Ryan, I've, <laughs> yeah, I've yeah, done yeah. the same. I've done the same. Correct you, but uh, it's it's Just as you mentioned, Mick. It's a great luxury to have when a player becomes unavailable for whatever reason to ha- to know that you have someone in your armory who's just as good as the fella that was already picked there. It's a great problem to have, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And and and, and it's a it's a problem, inverted commas, mm-hmm. that we seem to have on the senior team as well. Uh, there's a player for uh, that can come in as good as the player uh, who's coming off on it for every position. And it seems to be the exact same way on the under-20 team as well. Uh, we want to wish them the very best of luck against Dublin and Parnell Park next week. And make sure you can get up to it. I think it's Saturday at 2pm in Parnell Park. And anybody who's available get up to that game making your way down to Killarney for the game on Sunday of course Mead a senior team taking on uh, the Kingdom on Sunday in uh, in Killarney moving on now uh, to some uh, ladies club fixtures um, it's a double one and it was the Mead ladies uh, club division one final from 2019 and that doubled up as the 2020 round one of the league and it was Dumboyne taking on Simonstown and Dumboyne won this one with a scoreline of five goals and eight to Simonstown's two goals and seven that was played Sunday morning or this morning at 11am and uh, five eight two seven and they pick up the 2019 trophy uh, Brian Kelly and not only that but they pick up their opening points of the league um, for 2020 not a bad way to start the year no, a great way to start the year. I think they might have started the year in a similar fashion last year. I think the 2018 league final double up as the 2019 <laughs> round one. Too. I could be correct on that, but I have a vague memory of something similar happening last year, the year before. Mesita final or something, was it? Could, could be. It was, the, it was the final. Anyway, final. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there was. But um, yeah, look at Dunbine. We said it for a while. They're a common force in mid football. Uh, they have a cracking outfit. They have a lot of players with senior county experience more than playing County Minor and that over the years and themselves and Simonson are the two best teams in ladies football and meet by quite a distance Oldcastle are probably third after them and every other team after that is fairly finely balanced Tom but O'Connor's not going to like you saying that no, Tom O'Connor's not going to like Tom you O'Connor saying that just isn't going to like me full stop <laughs> <laughs> it's a long queue yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. get in line <laughs> <laughs> Get in behind Kells and get in behind... Uh, who else was it? Uh, South Mead, he said somebody... Who was it? I, did, I didn't name was it the club. Ratoad? No, I didn't name the club. <laughs> oh, Curaha, uh, Ashburn. You, you probably should name a club because at least you won't have a whole host of them then lining up. <laughs> if I name the club, it becomes too obvious. Yeah. Um, well, look, well done to Dunboyne on that uh, and, 2019 and league final victory. That, uh, minor championship, I'm after... Uh, been in contact with Leinster la- Leinster ladies cool. and there's actually four teams in the A championship not ah. three which I was told on Friday night Le- Leash are also in the championship their game against Kildare the weekend was postponed and Mead's next game is away to Leash on the 15th of March ah brilliant so Mead have uh, Leash and Kildare left before yeah. uh, before anything will be decided that's great to know um, 
So uh, moving on now, uh, we're going to go to Davy Rispin for our uh, Instagram interactive. Just before we go to that, actually, I just want to let our uh, listeners know that we have an interview coming up this week with, uh, uh, let's say, an ex-Mead star. Um, uh, I can't give anything else away. No, because you um, will give it away. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> or, or whatever. But um, yeah, um, we are going to be doing an interview. Uh, we we will be sending out an interview on either Tuesday or Wednesday of this week um, with a Mead star. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to let you... Uh, we might give a couple of hints as uh, the evening or days go by. If they don't get um, And uh, if you want to go on to Instagram, Davy Rispin um, is going to be looking after the We Are Mead Instagram and looking for your guesses. Who do you think it's going to be? Let's say... Uh, the first hint we'll give is that uh, he has played for Mead within the last 10 years. So like that's that's narrowing it down mm-hmm. for them um, and is not playing for the Mead senior team just now. So uh, Mead senior footballers just now. And uh, so that's the first... first <laughs> Keep going. That's the first and only uh, 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 hint we're going to give you. And we'll let you over the next few days try and fight it out and see who's going to be right uh, about the interview that we're doing. But look out for that. Tuesday, Wednesday, it'll be going out on our uh, Patreon podcast. So we're going to go to Insta Interactive with Davey Rissman. We really do need a jingle for that. Yeah, we actually do. I'm sorry, I thought Flynn was coming in with something. So the first one's from Shane Mulvaney um, and it's probably applicable to the two lads, Brian and Kieran, on this. He said, Shane Walsh's pass against the wind in the first half. He has to be allowed to play next weekend. Uh, Shane, yeah, you might be slightly biased there with your brother being on the panel for next weekend. Um, it'd be a huge boost for the 20s if Shane Walsh is allowed to play um, look at time will tell he's a key part of the senior team as well and it's a, ba- it's a fine act to balance at this time of the year unfortunately the two competitions are clashing and it just puts with college football as well it's a huge workload on any football yeah. what about the pass? I mentioned the pass already it was a fantastic pass outside the right foot down the line really strong wind blowing from diagonally kind of from left to right as he was kicking it down the pitch and he angled it with the breeze and it just bounced perfectly at Aaron Lynch's pat. Put you like this, Davey, if either me, you, Kieran, or Mickey tried it a hundred times, we'd never su- succeed. Ah, speak, speak for yourself, yourself. Brian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, no, just on it, like, yeah, so that's it, pass sounded like it was straight down the eye of a needle and down the eye of a storm as well <laughs> um, on, onto the chest of Aaron Lynch and, uh, yeah, look, they, 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 what do you do next weekend? It's a massive game for me against uh, Kerry. Um, you know, and I, I know this sounds optimistic, but like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very confident about this Mead team. I don't know how confident I am about going down to visit Kerry, but we need a win. I'm not saying we can't win against Kerry. Shame watching your team, you have a better chance of winning against Kerry. But, you know, yeah, you're looking at the under-20 championship and, and that's important too. And I know post the Mayo match, Andy referenced there could be one or two bodies potentially back for the Kerry game. So if there was a forward or two among them and we don't know then that might help make a decision up for anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go on to the next one, a part of our Insta Interactive. It's on the same trend. This one might be a little bit more, you know, I don't know, open to playing, but Matt Costello playing with both teams. That's from Alex Arkins, who's wondering, can Matt Costello play with both maybe next weekend, or is it possible? Again, like, you know, I, but I've, I'm after... 
I'm of the belief that, that that these players are well able to play two games in two days. They're under 20, they're young, they're full of testosterone, they're full of, you know, uh, of go and they want to play football. And, you know, if their workload isn't too heavy during the week, you could try and get away with them playing on the Saturday and the Sunday. Incidentally, I was doing a, a dinner dance on the weekend and uh, they were, they were honouring a football team that won a minor championship in 1995. And the team that they played on the day uh, was Baileyborough and there was a player playing on the minor team under 18 that day who played in the minor uh, final and then went back into the dressing room and togged out and started in the senior final mm-hmm. you know and like that's the ilk that's that that's that's my era you know what mm-hmm. I mean like so this thing of playing two 95. games two games yeah. two games well that's 1995 yeah. I would have been minor myself yeah yeah <laughs> Paddy McBrearty did that in 2011 for Donegal in Bally Buffet first round yeah. of the championship played minor within togged out and came back out and played for seniors yeah, see that, that that's that. See that's my thinking on it. But then player welfare and everything comes into it these days, and you know maybe maybe not. What do you think, Kieran? I'd, I'd be fairly confident that the the lads will probably be made available. I'd like to think that the under twenties would be seen as a viable competition to win and for them to flourish. So I think the lads will be playing Saturday and, 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 and playing Sunday. Well, I, I mean they they'll be available for both. Like Good. they might necessarily be picked on Sunday. If you know what I mean? Yeah, there won't be a thing that released and off the senior panel I think it'll just be try and win the 20s and then come back and be in the senior squad as well yeah yeah, that's that's good enough for me I know you have talked in depth about, but here's another one from Joe McGreeny Walsh, Coslow and Jack O'Connor have to play next week beating the dubs at under 20 level would be huge yeah well that's that's exactly what we're after been talking about for the last few minutes um, yeah look it would be huge um, but you know which you just have to decide which is most important Brian Flynn as well like there's no point even talking about it. we've answered it what will happen next weekend with the lads playing yeah anybody anybody who's mentioned that yeah, just throw it just, in because it just shows you how many people are talking about it exactly uh, the next one is from Flash Gordon the one and only mm-hmm. um, strange comment in, in many ways but the weather conditions suiting the Rat Kenny man and I suppose here he's on about James O'Hare and <laughs> I, I kind of shared his response and put up a question and I said like did the Rat Kenny man have a more are the more water resistant than anyone else in well, the no, jersey, or do they not melt? Well, if you, what? Yeah, have you never played in Rakeni? You know, the pitch is yeah, up, yeah. up on the height, and it's uh, it's always windy in Rakeni, yeah. even at the height of summer on a calm day, it's still windy in 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 Rakeni. So uh, maybe maybe he's just used to them kind of conditions. Yeah, yes, there was a day for dogging it out in dirty conditions, and James from a farmer background would be well used to slogging mucking it, it out, slogging it out, and mucking <laughs> it out, and suit flashed up. <laughs> the dry day, the wet day, the, the windy day, none of them suit flash. Jeez, he's going close to home now as well. Oh, Give me that quick. Uh, and uh, Brian Kelly has left the building. <laughs> um, here's one from your man, Mick uh, P. Stapes. Now. Oh, P. Stapes, there <laughs> we, we go. Yeah. PJ Stapes. Yeah. <laughs> and he's coming in with his usual kind of left field question. And this time he's he's wanted to know about the return of the Hopper in Stranger Things 4. Are any of his fans of that? Yeah. Uh, Stranger Things 4. No, I, I haven't even seen Stranger Things 1. But we'll go to uh, Kieran Flynn, the Hopper in Stranger Things 4. Once not talk about the Hopper Brady used to referee in Mead in the 90s. I think he's renowned as one of the worst referees to ever grace a football field. It's the Hopper Brady. Yeah, Jim Hopper, he was the sheriff in uh, Stranger Things. Uh, possibility about ruining it for our, maybe people that like to watch Stranger Things. Maybe, you know, I think he, he could be back. He might not be back. The one thing is we probably won't see him playing under 20s for Mead on Saturday. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Stranger Things have happened. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I've left the building too. <laughs> Drops Mike, leaves building. Uh, next one is back to football, thankfully, yeah. from Harry O'Dwyer, and he's wondering why did Luke Mitchell not start? Well, yeah, but like hindsight is uh, is a great thing, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like you know, when you see what Luke Mitchell did when he came on, you look at that forward line though. Like it, 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 they're all again of a similar um, ability, and picking that forward line is very very hard. Brian Kelly, like you know, Luke Mitchell, who do you take off? It, there's there's That's great the grounds for him to be in there, but it's. I'd like to flip the question and ask him if he started Luke Mitchell, who would he drop? Well, yeah. Like, isn't it great? Isn't it a great team at under twenty level to have a forward who was a minor all star two years ago yeah. to come on as an impact sub? Well, I think he's as good as anything that was on, but obviously, I also think that the guys that were on are as good as Luke Mitchell. So that shows, yeah. you know, yeah. the strength again that we've talked you had about. Six in that outstanding panel. forwards started yesterday. Yeah. Two more came on from the one club in him and Matt Miles. Eight outstanding forwards there. That's not to mention the other ones who didn't come on. Yeah. Or who didn't even make the final. Do you know what I like about it's it? It's huge strength in depth. It's yeah. fantastic. Do you know what I like about it is that he's given the management another little uh, um, yeah. a headache for the next day because he went in and says, right, well, I've put up my hand here for a start the next day and you never know, he really could like, be starting the next day. There's two forwards who came off yesterday and the fellas who came on for them did really well as Aaron Lynch and Keen Rogers. And the two of them are going to go in this week and they're going to train the house down because they're not going to want to lose their place. No. But even if they do, aren't they two huge players that you can bring on? It just... The hand that Jay Robinson had at the weekend was fantastic. Yeah. And it's just, as a forward himself, I'm sure he loves being able to coach these. It was, it was like he was playing cards and he was handed uh, his five cards and he looked down and he had five aces, you know. Like, so it's just. <laughs> you knew something was wrong. That's allowed to be pocket too quick. Moving on. Yeah, next one is from Carl Hickey, who was, of course, um, a key player in that under 20s win on. Saturday, and he's wondering why Mark Tuttle still hasn't been called up to the under twenties. <laughs> yeah, like uh, at this stage, I think we're going to have to have a march uh, through uh, the town of Bective, uh, <laughs> the village of Bective. Down, actually, the the roads are going to be closed in Bective soon enough. But yeah. there's a movie being filmed down there, so maybe we could down and protest and see if that. Maybe that's that why he could be in the movie. Possibly. Yeah, he could be an extra. All I can say at the moment, we're giving too much away that it's currently been investigated by the CCC. So we can't say any more than that. Well, it's not just a case of we didn't want to show Dublin our full hand. Well, it could have been that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next one we have is from, would you believe, a parody account of Aaron Lynch. I think, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is ridiculous, but Aaron Lynch Lynch has asked a question. <laughs> Are the under 20s waiting for the Leinster final to play their secret weapon, Joey Moore in brackets? Ooh. So that's probably another one along the... So Aaron Lynch has set up a parody account for himself. <laughs> <laughs> that remains to be seen, but yes. Yeah, Joey Moore, Centrestown, he was involved when they won the minor a few years back. He's a big, strong man in the forward, so he'd be very able if he was brought into the panel. So there's no there's no issue there, but it'd be interesting to see will there be any more parody parody accounts for these Lynch Lynch or something like that. So <laughs> keep on track. We'll have to close all these down. It'll be a field day for us. <laughs> Uh, the next one we've got in is from popular Dunshockland referee and friend of the podcast, Andy Smith. And he said, ask Flynn what's wrong with the media webpage. No fixtures up this weekend. Well, if you get me started with violins at the start, we're, hopefully we've paid up uh, an invoice to get a new one. We have a new build in the background. The website has been a bane since I took over the job. I'm looking forward to getting rid of it. There you go, that's been answered, so it has, I think. I don't know whether it has or not, but he said something. <laughs> yeah, I won't go into it, but... Uh, you can sense some anger there. 
The next one is from Peter Duffy, another man who's always subjected to a ah, bit good of banter. Man, Peter. Good man, Peter. But he's had another crack at Mark Dowdle this time. <laughs> Mark Dowdle has had talks with the San Francisco 49ers, not AFL, so I heard from John Dowdle. So. Right. Uh, 49ers, Peter Duffy, I'm going to get on to your father now, so I am and tell him <laughs> that you're, uh, you're messing around. Uh, <laughs> he'll put manners on you, so you're in. <laughs> this gets better. Hazardine coming in with the next one. Hazardine? Hazza. Hazza. So Harry probably. You okay. Know, Hazza. Okay. Okay. <laughs> is, is it true? <laughs> is it true Mark Dowdle's father won't let him play senior football for me? <laughs> because of mass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's quite possible. I do know that the the Dirtles are a very, very, very religious family, and uh, if 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 anything is going to get in the way of him going to mass on a Sunday morning, um, I don't think it's football. It could be Saturday night. Yeah, well, <laughs> some might say he hasn't got a prayer being selected. No, either. he's definitely not a choir boy anyway. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I think it's for a holy show. Sure, <laughs> I think this is the last one. Thankfully, it's from Sea Chick, t- uh, two thousand and one. Thanks be to God. <laughs> Why Peter Duffy and Aaron Trainer haven't been called up for Mead as water bikes, two of the best in the county? Yeah, well, I have to say, I've seen Peter Duffy uh, uh, <laughs> in his water boy exploits, and uh, he's 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 one of the best out there. Um, you know, he carries three bottles at a time, <laughs> right. so he does, um, and nobody is left thirsty on the field. Nobody goes uh, dehydrated uh, on the football field. He's he's one of the best water boys out there, so he is. Well, we'd be mad as a GA organisation not to tap into that talent. <laughs> <laughs> What a way to end our Instagram interactive. Great stuff. Great stuff. Thanks a million to all our listeners for, for getting involved with the Instagram intergra- interactive. I'm starting to worry because we have an idea. And uh, <laughs> after that Instagram interactive, I'm not sure if we should go ahead with it. But what we were thinking was that um, people could, I was going to set up a WhatsApp account so that people could send in voice messages um, and we could uh, we could include them in, in the podcast. But then I was saying, mm, maybe not. No, if, if everybody has my WhatsApp, it'll be, it'll go mad. Um, so what I was thinking of doing was, um, you know, you can, everybody out there on your smartphone, you've got a voice recorder Um, you can, if you have anything that you want to say or bring up on the podcast, these will all be vetted, by the way, and uh, uh, they will be edited if needed. But I was thinking that if anybody out there wants to record a message, record something while they're at a football match or whatever, or something that's happening uh, within the GEA circles and lead, if you want to record a message on your voice recorder and email it to us at wearemead at gmail. Dot com. It's wearemead at gmail.com. Anything that's relevant to me, GAA, within reason, guys, within reason, um, and we will include it in our um, uh, in our podcast. I think it's a, just another way of, of getting uh, more uh, exposure for the club footballer and for the county footballers out there. If you're at a Mead game and you feel that uh, you want to send us a few words about the game or whatever, fire ahead. If you're at a club game, um, fire ahead or if you're on the way down to Killarney like the lads will be next weekend they're doing a road trip we're going to have a fantastic podcast uh, going out on uh, Sunday evening where the lads are going to record their uh, every so often on the way down to Kerry they're going to re- record some uh, uh, 
what, some content for me and then I'm going to put it together as a podcast on Sunday night. So it'll be on the way down when they get to uh, Kerry, uh, when they land at the game on Sunday morning. They might even bump into a few years uh, before the game or on Saturday night. They might record a few lines, which is as well. And then on Sunday, they're going to email all that to me. I'm going to put it together and I'm going to send it out as a podcast for you before we do our main podcasts on the Monday night. So again, if you have anything, it's we are mead at gmail.com um, so send us in your voicemails um, or your voice messages and uh, we'll include them in the podcast within reason uh, lads um, that's everything covered for this week is there any other business from the county board Mr Kieran Flynn yeah, just a quick one the senior hurling leagues are starting next week on the Saturday and the Sunday so just the division one fixtures we'll see we're talking Dunboyne Tredman Clemesson Kildale and Kaline and Kildalki and Clonagwale so the senior league starting next week. It's going to be a great start to the hurling leagues. Hopefully the weather picks up though, because it's not nice to hurl in the muck. <laughs> uh, well, it, it's not going to get much better, but it is to improve as the week goes along. Uh, Davy Rispin, have you anything else for the We Are Mead podcast? No, I suppose people, including yourself, will have had a week to take stock and reflect upon your predictions uh, from last weekend, Mick. And uh, uh, ex- oh, sorry, just before we go on, just before we go on. Me and you scored the same points last week in the GA predictions. Yeah, but right? thankfully You're I'm still not. ahead of me. Thankfully, still ahead of me. Yeah, thankfully but, I'm not third from bottom. But but <laughs> also also my predictions that weren't included due to being called off. Blame the storm. Yeah, no, 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 I blame I blame GA predictions. No, nope. the rules are there in black and white. Yeah, in black and white, in very very small print that you'd need a. All a, the key rules are in very small black and yeah, white. Yeah, That's yeah, life, Mick. I I wouldn't be where I am. At the moment, you'd and be those games. That's better. And someone pointed out to me the two people below you haven't made a prediction we since week this. one. We haven't time for this. Come <laughs> well, on. anyway, gapredictions.com, uh, particularly for the people who have entered the We Are Mead League, you have obviously six or seven days. There's an early throw in next Saturday. London game, I think, is at one o'clock. So don't be caught out by that and miss your predictions. So you have between now and then to get your predictions in for the. For fourth, fourth, fourth round, fourth, fourth round, round. Yeah, yeah, fourth round, fair play. Um, and look, it is, it's, it's great crack. Um, not when you're bottom of the table though. Um, but it is a bit of crack and it's a bit of banter. Um, and uh, uh, as you see from my predictions, it is a bit of crack. Um, so um, do do get on and uh, uh, enter that We Are Mead League when you do do your predictions. Um, from the Minor County Board, have we got anything else, Mr. Brian Kelly? Yeah, the club minor Harlan and football leagues are ongoing at the moment. Um, and then the Mead minor footballers were out today in the Leinster Development League. Um, one team was made up entirely of under-16s uh, because a lot of players have a lot of cl- uh, club and schools action at the moment. They beat Carlo convincingly, and the other team beat Carlo by 211 to 1-5. Excellent. Great stuff, and it's great to see the developmental leagues and the developmental teams uh, uh, doing well in those developmental leagues. God, that was a bit of a tongue twister, so it was. Look, uh, as Storm Dennis picks up, I think it's only right that we say thanks a million to our listeners, and remember, we are me, why it matters more. <laughs>